Pulpa MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hello, everybody around the world. How's it going? Welcome in. Thank you for joining me. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing. And, of course, those guys over at Racetech. You guys want to go do some shopping? Go to KieferIncTesting.com. Click on the RMATVMC banner. Why? Because they are the trusted leading online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and that's right, free. Free three-day shipping over 75 bones. It's easy to see why you guys should be going to my website, clicking on that banner, and then continue to live your life and do your shopping, and that helps us out huge. Gives us a slice of what you're purchasing, so thank you for doing that. Really, I really appreciate it. And you want to get a code for the summer to get some new gear, fxrracing.com. Use the code KKMX35. Some of you guys are emailing me for the code, so that tells me you're not listening to the podcast, so that sucks. Screw you guys. Just kidding. But seriously, listen to the podcast. Uh, Go there. Helium line of gear. Revo. If you guys are looking for something more vented, the Revo jersey is a little bit more vented than the Helium line of gear. But I do like both. They are both athletic fit, uh, stretchy, good fabrics. Really stoked to be a part of FXR. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to do that relationship for years to come. But if you guys want to get 35% off, use the code KKMX35. That'll save you some dough. And if you're a lady, you love to ride, thank you for the photos that I've been getting for all the ladies around, shoot, around the world wearing FXR and using that lady code. So if uh, you want to go do some riding and you're a lovely, lovely female, that's right, I have a special code for you. So email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I'm happy to get you a code and save more money than the dudes. Uh, What about you guys coming back riding from back east it's warm out bust those bikes out from the shed but hey you notice you got a leaky seal or maybe you need some suspension service go to racetech racetech.com sales at racetech.com use the word kefir that'll save you some dough get your suspension rebuilt fluids seals bushings you want uh, to have andrew do a head on your four stroke they can do that as well if you got a vintage bike they can parts springs whatever Racetech is your one-stop shop for your engine and your suspension, so go visit them over on Racetech.com. And, of course, use that code to save some money. Thank you to all of my 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, Fast Company, and, of course, Mission Imaging, 909-433-0575 if you need an MRI and you're in the Southern California area. Uh, Also, real quick, I want to talk to you guys about Power Motorsports. They do still got 2022 motorcycles, uh, Kawasaki's, KTM's, and Yamaha's in stock. Low prices. Uh, If you want to get a hold of David over there, just email me or dsib at poweryamaha.com is 
the email, and uh, they can get you uh, a motorcycle. Doesn't matter anywhere in North America. They use Moto Shippers. I use Moto Shippers for Aiden's Kawasaki's. This is where we get our Kawasaki's for Aiden through his Team Green deal. Uh, Power Motorsports up in Oregon. They are a bunch of great dudes and gals, and it's a no. I mean, it's so easy. Like they send me the paperwork, I sign it, I send it back. Moto Shippers within a week, I have my motorcycle. Uh, it's pretty seamless and pretty easy to do. I don't even have to walk into the dealership. So uh, go visit them, powermotorsports.com, and get yourself a new bike if you can. All right, so we're going to do a little podcast about the 2023 Honda CRF450. This is, on paper, maybe not a lot of changes. I do feel like myself, uh, knowing what I know and how much I've ridden this bike, in the pre-production stage, there's a there's a fairly big difference in feel and power within this CRF450. So I wanted to do a podcast to kind of give you an overview of what I experienced so far with this bike, what you should expect from the new 2023 CRF450 edition. We're going to run down what has changed and what those changes mean on the track, what I felt, and what the target was for Honda to create a better, more compliant more rideable CRF 450. Because look, I tell this to you guys all the time. There is not another bike that I want to ride more than a Honda CRF 450R. I mean, we watch Kenny. We watch Chase. We, I mean, if those two guys do not want, um, how should I put this to make it nicely? If those guys don't make you want to ride a Honda, then I don't know what does. I watch those guys ride. I'm like, I got to go ride a Honda. And then you ride a Honda, you're like, eh. I don't know. It's uh, not what I see on the, on the TV. It doesn't feel like that. So, of course, they're, they're amazing riders, right? But there's a lot of potential within a Honda CRF450R. I do do some uh, production testing for them. I have since 2017, although that has slowed down a little bit since COVID and, and travel and all these things kind of slowed these things down. But... Uh, I've been a, a harsh critic on Honda. I think I've I've been harder on Honda than anyone else in the media. Why? Because I know what's what Honda is capable of doing and what that bike is capable of doing, you know, when it's set up correctly. The problem is with you 2022 and previous year owners, it's just tough to hit the window. Unless you're living back east or somewhere where it's soft dirt, this Honda is kind of a nightmare to set up to make it more compliant, easy to ride. It just feels like a rigid, uh, too fast of a machine. So I have been vocal about trying to calm this machine down. We don't really need, I feel like, in my, my opinion, razor sharp cornering. This thing does corner really good. I feel like we could sacrifice a little bit of cornering front end steering with some more stability, less rigidity, I feel like we can do this and achieve a better Honda. So I have been vocal to the Honda guys, and when I'm doing these tests, like I feel like this is what we need. Uh, I feel like most of the consumer, you guys listening at home, would like that kind of a Honda. Uh, a little bit more of a Kawasaki feel, but still try to keep that better cornering feel than the Kawasaki has. Uh, because that is some of of the advantages of going to Honda. I turned a couple of my friends onto a Honda because they struggle in corners. So the Honda invites you to corner better. 
basically your technique can lack and the Honda kind of makes up for that through the corners. It basically kind of corners itself. That's how good it corners. But when you're on the edges of your tires on throttle and you want some stability, the Honda 450 is not going to help you out in that area. You're going to really have to muscle that bike or be strong or be fit to really last a whole moto on a Honda Sierra 450 when the track is fudged up. So for me, I'm trying to give the consumer, you people listening to this show, a more compliant Honda. So this is what I go to when I go to these tests and I say, what do you need from a Honda? This is kind of how I vocalize what I feel like the bike needs. Granted, I'm not the end-all be-all. I'm not an engineer. The Japanese engineers are way smarter than me. They know more of the market than I do, but I know what I feel. And from the people that I have spoken to, 95% of those have my back and like, yeah, I wish I could set up my bike a little bit better. Or, Chris, I went to a track today and then next week I went to another track and my Honda feels like dog shit. So we're trying to widen that window and trying to give you a more compliant chassis for you Honda 450 lovers. And again, there's nothing more sexy than a Honda 450. Look at Giselle Sexton. That's right. Chase, I call Chase Giselle because he looks beautiful on a motorcycle. There's no one better looking besides him and Kenny, and they ride a Honda. Hell, look at Jet and Hunter, both very fluid, smooth riders. It feel like Honda has a batch of smooth, technical, great riders, and they can ride this bike. But from what I hear, they even mention that it's tough to handle at times because it feels rigid. So they also have been looking for comfort. They've been vocal about that through Supercross Series. So we just watched Paula National. We're getting ready to go on Hangtown, two of the choppiest, square-edgy type of tracks that we have on the circuit, and look how it is, one, two. Granted, I do not know what they do, the chassis for outdoors. I'm not in the know on the race team side so much, but <laughs> after watching the National, those two bikes look the best. Balanced. They look like they uh, had rear-wheel traction. They look like they can corner. They look like they can cut down. The bike looked really good. Maybe that was the riders. I don't know. But overall, the bike itself didn't look very edgy. And what I mean by edgy, it just doesn't look like it's harsh or um, deflecting off of bumps. And if you can find a bike that can do that at Paula, that's pretty amazing. I rode the Nationals in 2019 on a Honda, which I felt like it was a mistake because I just couldn't get along with the bike. The bike was too fast. I felt like my practice bike was better, so I should have rode my practice bike, but mentally and just the way I rode that bike, I just could not ride it to my potential, and I failed in the two nationals that I rode. Very, very bad. I sucked it up really bad. As the years went on, 2021, 2022, I felt like the Hondas got a little bit better. And then now in 2023, with the changes that Honda made to the chassis and as well as the intake and the engine side of things, it really does help. So I'm not going to sit here in this podcast and tell you this is uh, an amazing machine. This is more compliant than a Kawasaki for, because from what I remember, it is better in the Honda direction. Could we use more comfort? Of course. But in the grand scheme of things, I do feel the changes that Honda made in 2023 to this Honda, you Honda owners, because I feel like if you ride a Honda, you can appreciate these changes. If you come off of another bike onto this 2023 Honda, maybe you will not feel 
what we all feel that when we ride a Honda, us Honda guys that ride, because the Kawasaki is still more compliant, the Yamaha is a little bit more compliant, at least the 22 editions, right? So Honda is taking another step further in more of a compliant chassis and a friendlier engine. Every year we say, hey, the ECU has changed. It's smoother. It's better. It's not so herky-jerky. But then you get on other bikes like a KTM or even a Kawasaki, and you realize, holy shit, there's just simply too much Honda engine underneath me from 0% throttle to about 15% throttle. It's just really too touchy. Uh, no matter if you're in a map two, map one, I just still feel like there's just too much there. And, of course, there's the vibration side of things. The Honda vibrates more than any other Japanese bike for whatever reason. Uh the harmonics through my pegs and the bars, it just feels like it's a rigid, more of a vibration feel through this Honda. So that being said, this podcast, we're going to just run down what Honda did in 2023 and what I feel and what I think this does on the track from what I remember. Now, granted, for you guys to be transparent, from when, when I rode this thing, it was in a pre-production form. It's not a production bike, but... I can kind of give you a snippet of what I think and what I feel if you're looking to buy one of these things. So here's an inside look. I don't feel like you get any of that in any other media. So I'm lucky enough to have a little bit of insight. And now that it's released, I can kind of give you a small amount of light of what it's like to ride this bike before anyone else. So first things first, the 50th anniversary edition. I'm usually not a gold type of dude. I'm not a fan of the gold rims. Never have been. But... The way they laid this bike out, it is, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, it's really cool. I like, uh, the, I like the gold rims on here. I like the red and blue. I'm not a huge fan of the gold bars. I'd go back to a black bar. It's not a, I'm just not a gold bar kind of dude. But it does take me back to the time when my dad used to take me out to Honda Valley, which is a, uh, a riding spot, illegal riding spot, <laughs> uh, behind my house here, and uh, take me to watch Rick Johnson, David Bailey, Johnny O'Mara, and these guys practice out in the des, just hammering motos and these sand whoops. And, and it kind of takes me back to that time in my mind where uh, it was really, writing was fresh, writing was really fun, and that's all I thought about. And now flashback 30 years later, it's still, that is still inside of me. I still love writing. I, I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about racing. Um, there's nothing else more fun to me in the world besides hanging out with my family than riding a dirt bike. And this 50th, 50th anniversary edition looks awesome it really does it looks cool and then you go to the works edition side of things and then you got the factory coatings on the forks and then you got a Yoshimura exhaust and then it's a different ECU tune the suspension valving is a little bit different and it just looks really sexy there's nothing better than a red motorcycle I think that's why gas gas does so well at times because it's red then that sounds really stupid I understand that and I just said that out loud and I'm like that sounds dumb but I feel like the red colorway really does attract consumers. Honda does it right. And when you think the epitome of motocross, you think Honda. That's what you think about. If you're a, a guy wanting to be on a factory team, you want to be on factory Honda. That always was the bar for factory teams. So when I look at the new bikes, uh, I'm excited because there's three different kinds. You have three different options, of course, pricing is going to be through the roof through the works edition my buddy bought a works edition for fourteen thousand dollars almost choked i was like holy shit man that's a lot of money for a motorcycle that 
I personally probably would not spend, but there is a market for that. Uh, all these works edition, factory editions that are out, there is a market because they sell. Most of them all sell out. Um, so I feel like the people that, the or the manufacturers that haven't got on board with the works or factory edition models, they need to do that. Yamaha should do that. I have a feeling that they will be doing that here fairly soon. I, I don't know for a fact, but I, I can kind of see that uh, happen in the next year or two. So it looks like Yamaha is not going to announce their motorcycles until August, which is outrageous. Uh, usually we'll have something from them in June, at least a, a photo or announcement, and then they don't get released until August. But we're not even supposed to, from what I hear, and if this is right, if this is right we're not going to see them until August. So you guys listening to this, wondering what the fuck's going on with Yamaha, this is what I'm kind of hearing. Uh, we're not going to see the 23s until uh, sometime in August. But most all the other manufacturers, Kawasaki, Honda, KTM, Husqvarna, pictures are out. They're out and available. So uh, we know what we're getting. And most of these, these uh, Hondas will be in dealerships sometime late June, early July. I think the 50th anniversary will be the, the latest one. So maybe late July, August, but nonetheless, uh, let's dive into it. A 23450. So uh, there is a narrower intake port shape and longer intake funnel for improved engine response and torque, resulting in improved acceleration on corner exits. This is what Honda is telling us, right? So the intake port shape and the longer intake funnel, and they say it's improved engine response. Now, I feel like the improved quote is very broad is it improved on like more power or is it improved because now i have more traction and i can feel the rear wheel more that's what i think i don't think it's faster honestly think it feels a little bit slower down low because of these changes and for me that is huge there's two bikes that i try to detune when i get a production bike one is the honda and the two is the yamaha too touchy down low. I need more rear wheel feel. So I need connection to my right hand, to the rear wheel. So that just kind of slow that down off the bottom, 0 to 15% T in the throttle position. And then I try to broaden the mid to top so it's long, right? This creates a, a friendlier 450 to ride, and this is what Honda did. So when I rode this, um, the engine character feels longer. Uh, the current Honda... 450 engine is a powerhouse and although it got smoother since 2020 uh, I feel like it still could afford to be even more linear when I roll the throttle on especially in areas two and three of the corners when I'm trying to lit off and then roll that back on to accelerate around the rut that is where the Honda is tough to ride especially when the rut gets choppy and shitty they've improved that that herky-jerky feel of the Honda has lessened over the years but Honda was looking to make more connectivity to the rear wheel uh, making the Honda 450 pull harder out of corners. Um, I don't think that was the right direction. So in the world of test riders, it's not up to me when I go to these production tests. It's a collective agreement. Of course, I have a say and kind of try to help them give them a direction, but it's up to them if they want to listen to me or not, or the other riders, because there's probably more test riders than me saying certain things. But I feel like in 23... I'm more of a map one kind of guy. So now I have a slower Honda. And I'm going to use the word slower for the better. It's not slower like, yeah, it sucks. It's slower because now I can control it. In map one, 
I can I don't have to go to map two now in the twenty three version side of things. I can stay in map one, have that connectivity, and I can roll the corner better. I bet you if you rode Chase or Ken Rock since four fifty, you would not be blown away by the low end power. You'd probably be going, Holy shit. I can't believe how slow it feels off the bottom. Because those guys want connectivity. Those guys have to ride through gnarly ass bumps and control a two hundred and 30-pound motorcycle, 35-pound motorcycle, right? So you need a slower 450. There's nothing that we need as consumers than a faster 450. I, I don't need it. I still feel like a 350cc size is the ultimate size. So you have to control and harness the 450cc power and learn to spread that around. So Honda is trying to do that in the production form. Race teams do that well. Aftermarket ECUs do that well, but in a... In a closed box like the stock ECU, you have so much you can do. I feel like with the changes with the intake port shape and the longer intake funnel, that just makes everything longer and less powerful down low, but yet broadens it out. So that is a great way to start for this motorcycle. The cam profile has changed for further increased torque. That's what Honda's saying. Um, I honestly don't remember much from testing, and you got to remember this has been... uh, year and a half ago that I was riding this bike. So it's tough for me to remember these things, but um, it does have better pulling power as I accelerate out of the corner. So that broad where they shaped and shifted that power, I think is more towards the mid range of this motorcycle, which that is fine for me. I can hang on to the bike once I'm out of the corner. I just need it to calm down in the low RPM situations. Uh, but for me, that had to match, uh, of course, the profile had to match what they changed in the intake and, and the funnel and all those things that they changed. So they had to match that with the, the cam profile. So that's what they did. And also another aspect that's important is throttle body diameters reduced from 46 to 44. And that does help create a smoother, more roll-on feel at low speeds at lower RPM. So when you go to a, a bigger throttle body, you're going to have more um, air fuel coming through that, right? So you're going to get more response. Sometimes 250Fs need that, right? Sometimes you go too big and then you lose some of that bottom end. So there is a fine line there. But I think with Honda going back to the 44 millimeter, this really helped. And I specifically remember trying this back in the whenever we did this. And I was like, holy shit, that made a big difference. And it actually felt more connectivity, a little bit smoother, uh, we don't need more power from a 450 motor, motocross bike, like I said. So in order to stretch that power out, you know, s- reducing the size of the throttle body actually makes it more rideable. And in the grand scheme of th- things, it does maybe hurt top end a little bit. But of all the 450s, this thing actually pulls really far for a 450. I'm not saying it's farther than a KTM. I still feel like a KTM pulls the farthest on top. But the Honda is, I think, the best Japanese model to pull second and third gear far. They stretch out their gears really good. Um, so the big thing, I think the biggest change for me, and if I could just leave the engine, let's say we left some of that herky-jerky feel of the engine, and they offered me, hey, what do you want more? Do you want chassis change or do you want engine change? I would always lean towards chassis because this is where I feel like the Honda lacks the most. So, Honda frame rigidity optimized by increasing, okay, don't get scared, 
increasing material thickness at front joint and at upper shock mount, enabling a freer functioning of the front and rear suspension. This is what Honda's saying, okay? So what I wrote here, and we just did an article in Racer X, is uh, basically the chassis rigidity, right? The change has been most significant in comfort that I have felt from Honda since they went to an updated frame in 2017. That's when the new gen frame uh, went, you know, we went to that 2017 frame, which was new. Uh, in 21, this current generation frame came out. They updated some things in 21. Uh, but the comfort in that era was only minimal. It was a little bit. In 23, the 450 for me has found another gear in bump compliance. And what I mean by that is when I hit the first square edge or I hit uh, the first D-cell bump or when I slap down off of a landing, I overshoot something, this 2023 frame has more comfort. And you're thinking, well, what the fuck? How does it have more comfort if they're increasing um, thickness or they're making it more rigid in certain areas? So for whatever reason, and, and I'm going to be stupid right here for you guys because, again, I'm just a test guy. I'm not an engineer. I would have, if you asked me, okay, Chris, what do you want to do to this chassis? I would have said, okay, man, we need to decrease the rigidity in the head tube. And then I would have said I would have taken some of that material and thinned it out near the shock tower area. Uh, but what they did, okay, uh, was when they increased it, you know, the material thickness um, in the upper shock mount, right, and at the joint, at the front joint, which is like the head tube area, is uh, they made it so when we do hit bumps, it's stiff enough, and we're going to go to the steel mounts, because when you when you say, I'm going to steel engine mounts, you think it's, it's even more stiff, but the feel that I got, I was shocked when I tested, I was like, I actually have less side-to-side -side movement, thinking that, okay, it's softer, but they're like, no, we actually increased rigidity, so on paper, the 2022 model, if you looked at the frames from Kawasaki, Yamaha, Honda, what Honda claims is they have the least amount of torsional rigidity out of all those frames, which didn't make sense to me because it felt like it was super harsh and rigid. So increasing some of this rigidity in areas actually helped soften the whole feel of the motorcycle. So when you do that, and I'm just guessing here, and I'm kind of just spitballing these things out to you guys right now, but I guess when they increase the rigidity in these two areas and you left the rigidity alone down the cradle and the backbone of the motorcycle, that optimized the feel when I hit bumps on the track. So I have shaved, and this is an admission for you guys out there, so I don't recommend this, and Honda probably doesn't want me to, to say this because they get pissed, but I have shaved the shock tower down a little bit back in the day on older Hondas, and it actually has felt better. So that what's, that's what made me think, okay, it needs to... Uh, it needs to have less material in that shock tower area. So I just would kiss that shock tower with a file so it wasn't so sharp and just took a little edge off of the shock tower, and that gave me more rear wheel feel. So I was like, oh, my gosh, man, we need to go the other direction. But when you have engineers that are smarter than me and they put uh, different material thicknesses in different areas, it changes the whole bike. So... Now that you increase near the front, near the rear, 
it actually made the touch of this motorcycle better. I can't explain it. I really want to do a podcast with the engineer and say, how can we increase rigidity and then get a softer feel on the track? But this is what I got from the 23. It's very puzzling to me. I know when I'm talking, you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But for whatever reason, as just a test guy, I'm giving you the facts of what Honda did and what I feel. It feels softer around the track. So apologies for what Honda says. It says increased frame rigidity. You're like, fuck. No, not fuck. It actually is better on the track. So next time I go to these tests, I'm going to ask some of the engineers, how does this happen? How do we increase rigidity and why do I feel what I feel? So, uh, and I'll get back to you. I'll do another podcast and hopefully the engineers are around and I can sit down with a mic and just talk to him and uh, kind of pick his brain a little bit so I can kind of understand that. And maybe you engineers that are listening to this are smarter than me. And maybe email me and, and explain why do I feel a softer feeling Honda chassis when you increase these two points on the bike in material thickness. But, so, what you're getting out of this, don't be scared of what Honda is telling you. Uh, sometimes Honda uses these words, rigidity, um, increasing material thickness, and razor sharp cornering. You might think, oh shit, I'm getting a better cornering motorcycle and that's going to be worse on a straight line. Not this year. In 2023, straight line bump compliance is better. Um, and for me, uh, I think that is very, very helpful on edgy types of tracks out here on the West Coast. I do think for you East Coast or soft dirt guys, you may not notice it as much as we do here on the West Coast. So, West Coast guys, rejoice because now you're getting a little bit friendlier Honda chassis. Okay, and you're getting a little bit of a wider window. This is what I've noticed because we go to all different kinds of tracks, and most of them, of course, we're out here on the West Coast. Most of them are edgy, square edge, Cahia. There's a private track we go to. We go to Glen Helen. So most of the time we prep an area of the track, maybe a couple corners, a straightaway with deep dirt so we can feel pitching and acceleration, make sure the bike's not rocking back and forth. And then we leave the other parts of the track after open practice days shitty so we can feel it when it's really rough and hacked out. So this is the normal for us test days, right, when we rent out these tracks. This 23 is better at all these tracks we went to than the 22. And at these tests, we have older bikes. Uh, we have other comparison colored bikes. So there is a lot of that testing back-to-back -back that's going on at these tests. So uh, very thorough tests. Yeah, for 23, man, you're getting a little bit better. Um, I think it's the most noticeable change that Honda has made since 2017 in, you know, feel of the chassis. So I'm sure uh, the race team guys are happier with this chassis. I would assume, and in AMA rules, you're allowed to add material to frames and not take away. So may or may not, and I do not know this, they may be on a 23-style frame. And maybe that's why the bikes are looking better now on the track. You might be saying, oh, well, why didn't they do that in Supercross? Maybe they didn't have that option or they didn't have the frames ready for the race team yet in Supercross to try. And, and I'm sure they could make what they want, right? But maybe it's more readily available and now they have uh, some kind of uh, plan where they know where to add the material to the frame 
and they just made a copy of a 23 frame, and that's what they're racing. I, I, I don't know that. I don't think anybody will admit that if they are on that. Granted, I feel like the bikes look better. Uh, I felt like this production 23 bike is better, so maybe that just makes sense to me. That's what I feel like could be happening. Howdy, everybody. It's commercial time. Sorry about that. But listen to these commercials. You could save some money and walk away happy. We'll be right back. Screenprintingdone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, buddy. Go to screenprintingdone.com. This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free t-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run... Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great, keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So, Great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-Engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's Ride-Engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, ProTaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So, ProTaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude, 
And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. You guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keeferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them. Powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. Thanks for hanging in. You guys are troopers. You're the best. Back with the show. Uh, Again, steel mounts uh, from aluminum. Um, What Honda's saying is to match the frame changes, improve front end traction, which that is the case. Sometimes, you know, in the world of these (laughs) aftermarket Engine hangers, you got all kinds of shit going on. You got carbon fiber, you got steel, you got aluminum, um, you got titanium. 
everyone has a different feel. Most of the time, when I go to a steel frame or a steel uh, mount, it does make it a little bit friendlier to steer on the front end. It almost feels like this, it sucks the front end down a little bit and just gives you a more planted feel. So with the more compliance through the frame, adding some steel um, mounts, I felt like it got some of that front end traction back once we moved on to a different frame. I think it lost a little cornering progress um, for me once we made the change with the frame. So adding the mounts kind of helped that uh, for me, honestly, it helped a little bit of that bump compliance through the corner, which we call cornering stability. I feel like cornering stability got better, uh, a little bit better front-end steering riders will like that. I'm a front-end steering guy, so for me, the engine hangers were the right direction. So I'm sure you're going to see all these uh, engine hanger guys trying to make different engine hangers for the Honda. Just pump the brakes on some of that at times. Some of them do work, but... You might want to wait a little while before they perfect it until they get a different feel. And some bikes accept engine mounts more than others. Not every bike needs updated engine mounts. That's why I think some of these these engine mounts are not <laughs> needed in some of these bikes. And I don't want to hate on the, the guys that do these engine mounts, but, man, some of these bikes just don't need them. Some bikes, you make an engine mount change, and it gets worse no matter what you do. So there's a lot that goes on within these manufacturer tests before the bike comes out with engine mounts. Trust me, I go through a shit ton of engine mounts when I when I go test. Uh, we go through a shit ton of changes with a lot of things, and engine mounts are one of those. So just know, just be careful when you buy a $400 set of uh, engine mounts that it's the right bike to do it with. Honda in the past has been, uh, what year? 2020, I tried some engine mounts, and they actually helped the bike. So... Um, there are some out there that actually do improve the machine, but just depends on year and model of motorcycles. Just be careful out there before you spend your money. Um, okay, so uh, because the changes to the frame rigidity allow freer suspension movement, shock spring rate was increased without introducing harshness, and that is true. That is actually very true from Honda. Some of these manufacturers claim a lot of things in their marketing, and you're like, ah, it's bullshit, but this is actually true. We needed to uh, create a spring rate that was a little bit heavier. They went up one size. That helps the rear end of the bike from squatting. Gives you more real traction. And also, Honda always had a tendency to blow through on high-speed compression-type obstacles. When you load the rear end or a G out or a sharp jump face, I felt like the high speed was just empty feeling on a Honda. Like, you had good... Low speed compression, and then when you got to the end of stroke, it just kind of blew through. It's kind of empty, so the shock spring change does help. And along with that, uh, the fork spring did not change, but the valving has. So, to, in order to match the rear suspension and to ensure a front rear balance, um, the fork setting was changed. Also, what that does, it just creates when I'm in deeper conditions, there was more holdup on the front end. It didn't dive as much. So a lot of you guys in 2022 Honda 450 world thinking, hey, I may need to soften my fork because I feel rigidity, I feel harshness. But I think most of you are around a 180 and up, the fork is too soft. So you're riding in the harsh part of the travel, which makes that chassis feel worse. So going to a stiffer spring, 
especially I think in 2022 to a rear spring and then changing that valving will help you get a little bit better balance um, in a motorcycle. And honestly, Race Tech did a really good job. Factory Connection does a really good job with 22. There is a link out there from Factory Connection that really does help the 22 bike. So that helps the balance of the motorcycle. So there are some fixes out there for the 22 Honda 450, which helps to increase that window for suspension tuning when you go from track to track. So you older Honda guys uh, look to Race Tech and Factory Connection. Those are some of the two best companies that I worked with that makes the Honda feel a little bit more compliant. Uh, the muffler is quieter thanks to a change of the inner pipe design. Uh, they switched to a heat-treated aluminum for the muffler body, increases strength. A lot of you guys are denting the shit out of your muffler bodies. Uh, people are calling me or, or texting me and going, hey, man, look at my, my muffler. I dented it, and I didn't even crash. Uh, so they increased that. They made it a little bit more durable. So your boot, or if you're squeezing the bike, or simply revving the bike, or the heat doesn't cause that uh, aluminum to concave and kind of dent in, because that sometimes has been happening with the Honda 450. So I didn't think it, the bike didn't be quieter, but it does sound a little bit deeper, a little bit quieter on the 23, so that has changed well as well. Um, so, yeah, again, a lot of these changes just help control the motorcycle, gives a little bit more compliancy, and uh, for me, <laughs> uh, this is what's needed on this motorcycle the most. Of course... Small details, radio shroud graphics, um, you know, the BNGs, that's a little bit different. Still has that sexy red overall outlook. I like that as I'm looking this right now. I still feel like, to me, the best looking one, without the Kevlar rental grip, sorry, Paul, not a big Kevlar rental grip guy, the, the Works Edition looks sexy. That thing looks badass. Out of all the bikes out there right now, I think Honda has the best looking motorcycle in stock form. Uh, the Works Edition with the Yosh muffler. Uh, the Yosh, for you guys out there that do not know, the Yoshimura Works Edition muffler is different is, and is different than the production version Yoshimura sells for the 22 CRF450R. So if you have a Wii and then you go purchase another muffler from Yoshimura, it's different. And that difference is in the side the core. So just FYI, I do not know if it's different for 23, but from 21, 22, uh, the Works Edition muffler is different than what Yoshimura sells if you want one for your CRF450R. And to me, I feel like when I put the Wii muffler on both bikes, the Wii muffler is a little bit smoother and longer. So I like that more. It kind of calmed the bike down a little bit. So... If that's an option, and I do not know, I needed, to, I should have checked this out before I did the podcast. If you can buy the Works Edition Yoshimura muffler for your R model, that's the way to go. I like that muffler better than the other one. And in the grand scheme of mufflers, I've tried a lot. FMF has a really good one. I really like the FMF system, but I know it's a pain in the ass to get. People are yelling at me, oh, I can't get fucking mufflers. It's uh. I get it. I understand it. Yosh does a good job. I still feel like FMF is a little bit better uh, of a muffler. It gives a little bit smoother, longer pull. Yoshimura, the Wii muffler is really good. It's quiet and, again, smooths out the power, which is what you need. I rode, uh, just real quick, I rode uh, Mark Samuel's Honda, 
not too long ago, and it was I was actually really surprised. I like riding other people's Hondas just to see what it feels like if it's rigid. And I think Pro Circuit did their suspension on that team, and then he had a Pro Circuit muffler. And surprisingly enough, the compliancy of the bike was really good. So I don't know if it's suspension or if it was the muffler, but the muffler itself was just super loud and raspy, so I'm out on that. I just feel like I don't want my bike to sound that way. So regardless of performance, I just hate the sound of the PC system. But uh, there is <laughs> ways to make your Honda more compliant. So it's out there. It's just tough to find guys or engineers or suspension techs to really hone in and, and make your Honda feel really good. So, yeah, man, this uh, t I'm excited. Uh, two bikes I'm excited to ride. Okay, I've ever ridden the KTMs. You know, Husqvarna intro's coming up. Kawasaki hasn't changed. Suzuki hasn't changed. Uh, I'm looking forward to this Honda 23 450, and I'm looking forward to the Yamaha. I know the Yamaha has changed um, just from what I've heard. But I'm, I really would love to ride a Honda more, man. And I, and I say this about a Kawasaki. I was like, I'd love to ride a Kawasaki more. But Honda is close to my heart. I have uh, ties within Honda. I feel like some of me is in a Honda. And I just wish a little bit more of me was inside of it to make it even better. But uh, I really would love to ride and race this bike because, man, the engine is, is really good. Gets you off to good starts. Um, the the cockpit, the ergonomics, there's nothing better than a Honda feel. Uh, with Renthal changing their bar on Honda changing their bar, um, I like that bend a lot. 839 bend, which is a, it's an awesome, awesome bend. I uh, just rode Marshall Welton's Gas Gas, and he had a 839 bend on his bike, and it felt really nice. So uh, shout out to Honda for creating a, a nice bar bend for uh, us to ride. But just when you sit on a Honda, you ask any guys, any test riders from KTM, Yamaha, they're like, yeah, and I sit on a Honda, and I feel right at home. And that's the truth. I'm six foot. You get a guy that's 5'7". You get a guy that's 6'2". They all say, man, the Honda feels nice. I sit on it in the dealership, and it just feels right. And a lot of these guys purchase the bike because it feels nice on the dealership floor. So that is half the battle. So ergonomics is great. Reliability has gotten better. Clutches have gotten better. Do I like the hydraulic clutch? No. I still prefer a cable clutch. Uh, but the hydraulic clutch feel on the Honda isn't horrible. It's a little bit stiffer feeling. Um, I haven't found a better solution, Recluse or Henson. I still feel like stock is feels the best to me. Uh, I need to work on lever pitches a little bit more. Maybe Bob over there at ARC has something I need to look at. And I know Eric from Works Connection is working on hydraulic levers uh, coming up. So that is exciting, and hopefully I can get involved within that and try to help some lever pitches and something different for Works Connection to uh, offer you hydraulic guys a nice feel and shape of a lever, but also have a pitch that's a little bit more linear for hydraulic clutches because I feel like hydraulic clutches are a little bit on-off feeling compared to a clutch cable feel, um, especially on starts because I've been racing the KTM lately, and that's a Brembo system, I understand that, but like... It's tough to feel the bike as you come off the gate because it's so on-off. Uh, within the Yamaha, man, it's it just drives out really nice, and I just get more feel from a cable. So looking forward to some of that. Um, but also uh, look for more information on the Honda coming up here in the next month or so. I'm excited to ride it. So, uh, of course, you guys always can go to keyforinktesting.com for anything Honda-related, and you know I'll be on top of gearing, 
um, mufflers. If we need to get more compliancy on some torque settings, I'm on top of that. But we're going to be covering a lot of Honda stuff in 2023 just to uh, make you guys happy out there. I know there's a, Honda, a lot of Honda owners. So if there's questions that I get the most is KTMs and Hondas besides handlebar specs. Those are the emails that I get a shit ton of. So I got to act accordingly for you guys. I got to do a lot of work and try to get the most information out there for you guys on my side. As always, Chris at KieferIncTesting.com is the email. If you want to ask any questions, you can fire away. Give me some time to answer those. I'm super busy right now. Of course, I have a kid that races in amateur motocross, which costs me a shit ton of money and a shit ton of time. So I got to balance work with him. And uh, doing that is difficult at times. So cut me some slack on the emails. And I will promise I'll try to answer you in an appropriate time and help you guys out because there is no one else doing that out there. Uh, I try to give you guys a service where you guys can trust and you guys can believe in what I'm saying. And if I say it, it's uh, it's it's not bullshit, you know. Uh, I'm just not saying it because I'm getting paid by so-and-so. And that's where I think the media testing world has evolved into a lot is uh, they're getting advertising dollars. So they're saying use this or use that or they're reviewing that. Uh, we don't do that over here. Uh, my advertising dollars are coming straight from things that I would purchase myself. Anybody on my show uh, are products that I'd purchase myself. I've got approached a lot of times this year about advertisements, and I just don't take the money because I don't believe in the product. So uh, if you have any questions on what to use, good or bad, I'm happy to help you guys out. That email is the key to whatever you guys need. And if you guys do see me at the track, no problem. I'm an open door. Come over and say hi. If you have a couple questions, I'm happy to wrap for you guys a little bit about what you guys need. And uh, we'll help you spend your money in the right direction. And that's what we built our business for because I'm a middle-class person with not a lot of money in my bank account. And I want to continue to have fun with dirt bikes. So I'm not going to give that up. And I feel like there's a lot of you out there in the same situation. So that's why we built this business to help you guys enjoy your two-wheeled uh, addiction a little bit more. If you guys want to buy some merch, that does help us a little bit. It gives us a little bit more pocket change to go travel and uh, keep Aiden on the dirt bike. Heather at KieferIncTesting.com is the merch girl. Or you can go on the shop section on our site and just click on a shirt or a hoodie, 40 bucks, 30 bucks, and it does help us a little bit and gets our, our brand out there a little bit more. And so hopefully you guys can wear that proudly and, and be stoked on what we're offering. We're going to offer some new stuff. Uh, here in the next month or so, summertime gear will be up on our shop here fairly soon. And uh, we're off to regionals this weekend for Loretta Lynn. So wish us luck, Fox Raceway. Hopefully we can get it done there so we don't have to go to Delta, Utah. Uh, but for you guys out there traveling the world to get to Loretta Lynn's, hopefully you guys do well. Be safe, and we hope to see you in August. The Kiefer family hopefully uh, will be there in full force. And... Uh, Come by, hang out the rig, and uh, let's bullshit about dirt bikes and life and drink some beers with Heather because uh, I ain't drinking. I'll have a Coke. That's about as far as it's going to go with me. But uh, I'll be back on Pulp in July. Uh, unlike what Steve says, he does have other guests on at times, and I just choose not to come because I don't want to ruin their co-hosting spot. So uh, I was supposed to be on last week. T-Dags and Carnow were in. So I was like, yeah, don't need to go. Don't need three co-hosts in there. So I choose not to go. But hopefully to be back in there in July and the 100th show that I'll be on. Holy shit. 
It's a lot of time with Steve. <laughs> it's been a good time, though. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Support the advertisers. Support the, support the show. Uh, we we uh, try to help them out, and then you help us out by buying their products. So any questions, as always, you know the email. And we'll see you at the track. Red Riders, unite. Rod Red.